Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Paul Amir. I work at a company called the Echonest. So we're the people who are doing the demos, why don't you come up here and the first demo gets set up now while I'm talking. So I'm actually wearing two hats today. The first hat is in my role at, as the Echonest. And uh, today we are announcing a partnership with uh, Lyric Fine. So this is a, a pretty awesome thing. So the Echonest, we have about 12,000 developers who are using our APIs to build uh, music apps. And we have all sorts of contextual data around artists and music. Lyric Fine is the world's large leading uh, supplier of lyrics, and they have this wonderful API. So what we're announcing to today is that we have connected up our APIs, our IDs, so that uh, Echonest developers can have easy access to Lyric Fine lyrics, and likewise, Lyric Fine developers can have easy access to uh, the Echonest. So this is a pretty awesome thing. It's going to make it really easy for developers uh, to connect uh, lyrics up to uh, their, their music. So, Lyric Find Echo Nest. Now I'm gonna put on my other hat, and this is the Music Hack Day hack, uh, hat. So, this weekend we just finished uh, Music Hack Day San Francisco 2012, which was held at Talkbox, a wonderful uh, venue down in uh, Soma. Uh, who, who here knows about Music Hack Days? All right, actually, who doesn't know about Music Hack Days? All right, so Music Hack Day is where, is where people who are really, really passionate about technology and really, really passionate about music get together for 24 hours and build something. Uh, and so, uh, um, and what they build are new music apps, they build new musical instruments, they build all sorts of things, this crazy stuff. They're not necessarily driven by money, they're driven by their passion for technology and, and music. So what we've done uh, over the weekend is select uh, uh, three hacks to show off, so you're gonna get five uh, quick demos of hacks. Now keep in mind, these demos were built in 24 hours over the weekend by people who have uh, obviously not slept uh, very much in the last three days. Uh, so uh, the, the, these are not polished applications ready to go. These are something to show off really cool ideas of what can be built nowadays in today's music ecosystem. So with that, we're gonna go to uh, the first demo, introduce yourself, and you're on your own. Hi, yeah, I'm uh, Gabriel Hernandez with Root Music. This is Ryan Stevens, uh, also from Root Music. Uh, we do the band page application on Facebook. And uh, one of the perks of working at a cool music tech company is we get to uh, really explore innovative ideas. We're encouraged to kind of leap off of that edge and uh, take the blade uh, as sharp as we can. And so uh, this weekend, uh, we took our 24-hour stint, uh, burned the candle at both ends, and created uh, this, Bandit, uh, which is kind of a visualization of music discovery. And uh, what happens is you click into it, and um, it's going to, basically behind the scenes, what we're going to do is we're going to grab all your friend data, we're going to grab the bands that you like, we're going to grab a bunch of listen data that's now available uh, from the friends that you like and, and the bands that you like, and we're going to construct this ring. Uh, it's three concentric rings, and the very center is a player. I've taken the liberty of disabling the, the streaming so uh, nothing nasty happens up here. Uh, I've got some awesome music. So. Um, the first ring uh, around the player is marked by blue, and these are tracks that you can play. The next ring outside of that is bands, um, mostly influenced by your likes that then influence the tracks within that playlist. And then the third ring on the out outermost ring is your friends um, and their influences on you. So as you click on these friends in the outer ring, uh, in real time, we're gonna go ahead and update 
the list of bands and the list of tracks by mixing uh, those friends' tastes and listen, listening habits um, into your own. So we can kind of recreate a bit of a discovery mechanism. Um, of course, demos have awesome performance, uh, so if it takes a few seconds to load up, uh, you know what's going on. Although I do see down here, I've got a couple of bands that I really like. I really dig some Dead Mouse, and let's throw some Mimosa up in there. And pretty soon here, I should be getting a playlist in, bam, uh, that includes some Dead Mouse and some Mimosa and, and maybe a few other artists uh, that, uh, that I want to jam to, and they're going to totally rock my world. So uh, yeah, we, we kind of created this just out of a, a desire to do something really fun uh, visually. Uh, we think it's pretty entertaining. Uh, and I can actually step up the size, maybe just a skosh, and do a refresh so we can kind of get the full screen glory. We showed this uh, with two screens at the hack day, and everybody's like, ooh, pretty. So we thought it was pretty pretty. So it, uh, it's like the all-seeing music orb. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about calling it Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, do you guys have any mobile plan for this? Because, I mean, this is this kind of thing where the, there's, there's no typing. Like, I don't need to do much choice, or, or I don't have to type in anything. I can just click around. And for that reason, it seems like it'd make a great mobile experience, because that's a place where I don't want to be doing a ton of typing. Whereas, you know, I don't know, this could be almost overwhelming on the web. But yeah. that, That's a really good question. Um, Definitely, you can probably load this in a mobile player, but the only problem is there's not enough real estate. The problems that we were trying to kind of solve is presenting a lot of data at one time, and that really is going to only really work in a desktop experience right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of re music recommenders that are tuned for mobile that we think are great. Um, almost every app, uh, player has a music recommender that only really goes one to two songs deep. That's cool. You know, the problem we wanted to solve is here's a ton of data. How do you, how can someone visually get through that data in an interesting but non-assumive way? Um, do you guys have any plans for monetization? Like, can I click through the playlist and purchase tracks through music stores or anything like that? Um, actually, no, this is, this is entirely a product of just uh, having a really crazy idea um, Friday night, um, doing a couple of drawings, and then Saturday afternoon uh, getting together with some awesome, uh, some awesome developers from Zvook and, um, and just hammering code for 24 hours to see how fast we could get it done. So That's awesome to do something sort of philanthropic for the music-loving community. Uh, what about like a live event experiences? Like you said, you put it up on two giant screens and that seemed, people dug that. I think it'd be really cool to be able to have this and say like, oh, I wanna have people choose music for a party through this sort of collaboratively and, and it'd be a discovery experience that's sort of with a group live in person. Yeah, um, I mean, there's definitely a lot you could do with the UI concepts that are here, I think, that, um, that go beyond uh, kind of what we've used it for. And in fact, um, a lot of the work that we did uh, as Root Music front end team was to um, kind of make this really versatile. So, you know, we can, we can basically take the framework that's making all of these circles happen and, you know, we could replace tracks with shows or videos or, you know, whatever. Like, all that stuff is definitely in the possible realm and pretty flexible. That would be awesome if this was for video, because I think there's so many music discovery services from everything from mood to recommendations to social, but there's not really nearly as much for video, so. Thanks so much. Check it out. So now we have our next music hack day winner. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. My name's Aaron. 
Um, I want a couple thank yous first uh, to the SoundCloud guys. I won the SoundCloud prize yesterday. I'm very excited about that, and they're flying me to the next Music Hack Day, which is in Boston, I think, in November, so I will uh, be seeing you there anyway. Um, also, thank you, of course, to Echo Nest for running it, TalkBox for hosting it, and Muhammad, wherever he is, um, for asking me to come up and do this. So, if you look behind us here at all these uh, things on the wall, there's at least six of these that are uh, concerned with music metadata, going out, grabbing metadata, and of course this is one of the new amazing things to come up in the music industry is that we have um, the ability to interact with all these APIs and get uh, ridiculous amounts of data about any song from the artist and the year it was penned and whether or not you know, that artist is allergic to shellfish, all the way to sort of technical data um, on the Echo Nest side where you can get individual beats, where they exist, what the tem temper, uh, tempo is, the tone of the song, what pitches are represented, what key it's in, everything like that. Now, I stipulate that the people on the production side of our industry, um, that is the Ableton Lives of the world, um, and Serato and Torque and all the rest, uh, have not really caught up to this API stuff yet, in that none of them have good integrations um, for these APIs in your production environment. So when you're a producer, you're sitting there making stuff, wouldn't it be great if you could go out to the web um, and either have the data, the data, what you're analyzing, what you're making analyzed um, by something on the web, or go out and use stuff that's already in your catalog and go out in onto the web and find out data on that. Um, so this is uh, something that I aimed to solve. It's something that's been bugging me for a while. Um, and luckily, on the production side, we have, of course, a universal framework for this sort of stuff. We have plugins, and we have several plugin architectures, VST, Audio Unit, all that. So um, what I did over the weekend was build a plugin. This is a video I made at the end of it, which is uh, unpolished, but I'm going to start it and pause it at various points and, and show you what this does. So this is Ableton Live, um, and we've already opened up a plugin here called the uh, SoundCloud browser, or just Cloud Browser. <coughs> Now it's gone out and parsed my iTunes. There we go. So here we go. It's already parsed my iTunes directory. This is something that they don't do. Ableton doesn't do. So I want to have access to iTunes. I've brought up. Uh, it's, okay, it's okay. Either way. Yeah. Um, I've, I've brought up my iTunes directory. Decided to play an Amy Winehouse uh, song out of there. And it's gone out and found the lyrics for me and put them over top of the waveform. So as I play that song, you see the uh, waveform lyrics above it. There was also some data in there by Echo Nest. I'll go back and show you this real quick. So this, uh, the lines you see here, the white lines, are the beats. This is actually the measures. Um, this one didn't find individual beats. Some of the songs only have measures. But if it has individual beats, it'll show those as well. So you can get four beats or six beats to a measure, everything else. Um, there's a lot of other data information available through Echo Nest. Um, didn't have time to get it all kind of polished and shown and um, displayed on there, but that's all coming. Uh, next thing is dragging and dropping straight into uh, Ableton, something that you're not able to do from uh, currently uh, within the environment, drag and drop your stuff from iTunes. So there was an example of that. Um, here we are now, we're going to look out into the cloud and search uh, for a couple things. So I'm connecting to uh, SoundCloud. I'm going to search for loops. As you can see, I've selected just loops, and I want them to be creepy. So I do that, and I come up with, uh, in this case, I think I limit it to 50 or 100. Um, and it comes up with, here's a bunch of creepy uh, loops by so-and-so. Um, username, second there, and then uh, tempo on the far right. And there's also duration, which isn't shown here. So I know this one's 36 seconds long or whatever. Um, I double-click. As you see, it's downloading down at the bottom. Once it's done downloading, here's our creepy loop. Um, and we can drag and drop directly from the cloud uh, up and into Ableton Live. So that should change, uh, to me, that should change dramatically our production environment because it gives us uh, essentially unlimited access. And it means for uh, someone like myself, I write a, um, a vinyl emulation software. Uh, but being that I'm not Ableton, I can't package it with a whole bunch of instruments and a whole bunch of sounds because I don't have a whole bunch of sounds that are royalty free. Um, but now I can package it with this and people can go out and have access to millions and millions 
of uh, loops and other user-generated content. So that's uh, pretty much it for the demo, but uh, hoping people have questions. Um, there's three of them uh, shown in this demo, and of course there's other ones available that I'd like to also uh, use in the future. But the sources for music metadata is Echo Nest um, for the technical data, the beat data and things like that, and um, Lyric Find to get the, uh, the lyrics, and not just get the lyrics to the song, but get the lyrics with the time in the song that they occur so that I can put them over the waveform as it plays. Um, and then of course SoundCloud uh, has some metadata associated with anything that you, that you grab off SoundCloud. How do you plan to get this out to people? Uh. Um, well, being that it's, like I said, this is a, in the plugin architecture, I can compile this um, as a VST or audio unit for, uh, or RTSC for Pro Tools um, for Mac or PC. My plan is to um, put it on my website and then you know, hit all of you on Twitter all the time until people download it and say, hey, this is cool. Do you ever think about partnering with like remix contests or things where people are actively going to be subbing in loops and are doing that themselves already and you know, really look for where is the problem? Like where are people enduring this friction and how could I help get it to them and solve it for them? Mm -hmm. um, I, now I'm thinking about it. What is, uh, as far as the rights clearances of something like this, if you make a piece of music and you decide to publish it, is there any way that you all... Uh, attribute to the original creators once something gets embedded in metadata and that sort of thing? There is, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking about that. There is, um, a lot of that metadata already exists when you're grabbing it off SoundCloud. You know the username, user ID, you know, whatever else. So there is attribution in there. These, of course, are the only the songs that are actually downloadable on SoundCloud, so there's plenty that's not, you know, for people that want to post but don't want to share. Um, but if you've made it creative, put it in the Creative Commons, um, or made it downloadable, it shows up here. When, when you do get it, um, that metadata still exists. I don't know how to, like, best kind of give that to Ableton so that you're right, you could go through and get a bunch of this stuff and make a song and then you look at it and you go, oh shoot, who, who you know, where did this come from? Um, so I'm thinking I might put it in the file name or something like that or put it in the, the metadata on the file itself. Great, thanks so much. Cool, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really impressed with that idea. Remix culture is coming so far right now and there's so many more people and artists who are willing to give out the stems to their songs, but being able to augment those really easily means that that's going to open up remixing to a whole new demographic of people who maybe aren't that pro, even if they are using pro tools. And so, yeah, I think that that's, that's a great contribution that you've given to the community. So cool. congratulations. Thanks. Great, so now we have David Hazan with Mobile Backstage. Hi. Or, no we don't. Not quite. Oh, one more Music Hack Day. It's not on the schedule. Hi there, um, I'm Ian from Audio. Um, there were a bunch of us from Audio at Music Hack Day this weekend, hacking on a wide variety of things, um, and we're demoing one of them that Brian Farrell built. Um, it's a little cropped on the screen, so I'll just I'll explain what's going on when I get into there. But. Um, the basic problem he was trying to solve is that we have more than 12 million tracks on audio, and yet our number one feature request is genres. And as anyone who is into music knows, there are more genres under the sun than you can imagine. So what he's um, built is using the Echo Nest, he's built an ability, uh, a tool to create radio stations based not just on one genre, but multiple genres, and then moods on top of that. So um, he's got two style things here, which you can, normally you would be able to read the whole genre here, but we'll just start with something. Could you say what they are because they're not showing up on the screen? I can't, I can't see them on here either, unfortunately. But there are things like uh, classical, this is a uh, chanson, so here we've got some French songs coming in. We're going to start hearing some stuff here. Um, 
I've got, I haven't got any audio there, but um, so. That's cool, but let's say we want acoustic chanson. We click over here on, I think this is acoustic. Then it will do a search to try, to try and um, find something that matches that better. There's a Jane Birkin track. And we can just start mixing that up and creating genres of our own by clicking on combinations of other genres. Sometimes they work really well. Sometimes they don't work at all. Here's lo-fi dance, maybe that works. Um, and on top of the genre data that uh, Echo Nest has, they've also done a lot of analysis to come up with mood data. So we can pick uh, down on these lower sliders uh, moods that you want. And I'm just, I'm kind of clicking blindly here because uh, of the screen size. But this is uh, going to be gentle lo-fi dance. So you can imagine that um, with a system like this, you can build a really extensive, interactive uh, radio feature that, where the user can hone in on exactly the mood they're in, exactly the style of music they want. Um, and you can avoid having to create a list of genres that is you know, 500 items long by letting the user build their own genres out of a bunch of criteria. Uh, yeah, I mean, what are you hoping to inspire with this? I mean, this was just a hack. This was, we got together on the weekend and we looked at what technology we had and we uh, built something that we thought was cool. Um, we're, we're always looking at new ways to discover music and we're always looking for new ways to allow people to organize the music that they already have and, and see, see what it means, about what, what it says about them. Uh, and so this these tools for analyzing genres and moods are really interesting for both of those reasons. I'd love to see a cool hack or er, sort of sharing feature that shows you like the title that you're making because it's like, oh, I just made an electro shoeways gave pop like song and and be able to share that. I think that could help people for for composers for when you're like when you're producing a song we could analyze. Yeah, yeah that yeah, would be so, really awesome. Yeah, it'd be sweet just to be able to get that idea of it. But also, you know, if you if you just hack them together, like if somebody selected the different uh, genres and put something together to say like this is what I would be into if this even existed. Yeah, exactly. I can create a I can invent a, the perfect genre for me. That'd be cool. Do you have any plans to do anything more with this, or is this just sort of a one-off that was for fun? Uh, this was a one-off for fun, but there's always more that can, that can be done with this. Um, Brian actually started this at last year's Music Hack Day. It was a much simpler um, app that just played a single song for, based on a genre or a mood. And so this time he's got twice as many genres, and two, two genres and two mood columns, and he's got this album art and, and cover flow and pretty fonts. So um, I think next year he'll probably do something even more exciting. Thanks a lot. Great, so now we have David Hazan with Mobile Backstage. I love seeing the Music Hack Day uh, presentations. I think it's awesome, especially when you're doing this, to think, like, what can I do to really solve problems for artists? Because there's so many people trying to solve artists, uh, problems for consumers right now, because there's lots of money to be made there. But you know, if you're going to do something that's a, truly a contribution, something that is philanthropic, to, to think of it from an artist's perspective and say, what can I help there, I think is a great way to look at it. Great, so now Mo. Has anybody else seen something cool uh, at a mobile hack day for music that they think would, uh, that they'd like to talk about or just share? Or something cool to inspire other people here? What did you see? 
That's awesome. Yeah, I know that the Google Plus Hangouts API is going to be expanding out of beta soon, and there's going to be a lot of really cool things to be doing around that. And yeah, I think that that's, that's an API that developers can jump on right when it releases and produce some awesome things that they could probably license to bands or, or create businesses around just because it's such a new, fresh way to interact with people. Like right now, Termtable and other synchronous music listening experiences are doing really well. So I think that it, to bring that video element into it could be a, a whole other step. So yeah, check out the Google Plus Hangouts API. Dev, uh, dev docs if you're out there looking for something cool to work on. Well, yeah, we talk, Talkbox is great for sure. I'm just talking about like, you know, if, you, if you're trying to, not, not, not to <laughs> no offense meant to Talkbox, of course, but you know, I think that there's a lot of brands who are wondering what to do with, with their new Google Plus uh, ex, you know, experience, or sorry, their presences. So. Yeah, so some of the other things that I've been seeing in music lately that I really like, um, I recently reviewed an application called Splash.fm uh, that maybe app. you guys have, some of you have heard of. Uh, okay. But the idea is that you get to share a song and every time, it's sort of like a, a Twitter built only for music and every time you share a song, other people can re-splash it or reshare it and it uh, adds credibility to you and you get sort of a clout score for music. Um, and it's a really simple experience. It's very, uh, very streamlined. And unfortunately, uh, it only works off of iTunes is uh, 30 second previews and so or so they're like one and a half minute previews depending um, and because of that there's only so much that you can do with it in terms of actually listening but for discovering it's really awesome and so I think thinking about how you can do vertical specific versions of things that are starting to work for other types of larger platforms is a great move right, great so it looks like we got mobile backstage all set up now hey well, they say if you can't describe your company uh, in a few minutes and you don't have a business, so let's hope for the sake of our Helsinki founders that, uh, that this works. Um, I'm David Hazen from Mobile Backstage. We are a 21st century interactive fan club service. We live wherever fans are on all platforms. And what we do more than anything is help support every artist's number one core asset, which is their core fan base. We're all about super serving the fans and giving fans what they want, and what fans want, much more than bonus content, is access. We give fans the best opportunity to communicate with their idols in real time. And for artists, we provide a more intimate environment for them to speak and communicate with their fans than on Facebook or Twitter resulting in deeper fan relationships. For artists, we deliver a transportable community that's the artists alone, not Facebooks, not Twitters. Something that an artist can own and take with them throughout their career. To repeat, our artist-focused, multi-platform communities live on the web, on Facebook, and on mobile devices. In other words, wherever fans are. Now we're gonna take a quick look at the media pyramid from an artist's perspective. At the bottom, we have the mass media, which reaches large numbers, but is very expensive and, in general, not very targeted. Above that, we have the usual social media outlets, which are fine if you like a band, but what is there for artists and for their fans who truly love a band? Not much at all. But now there's Mobile Backstage, which rewards fans by enabling two-way, real-time communication. In these trying times, real fans are just about all that an artist can count on these days. We believe the key to success is a properly nurtured and fully engaged fan base. 
before we take a look at a live web demo, here are a few quick facts that show how truly, madly, and deeply engaged our users really are. 90% of our users create an account after downloading mobile backstage. And with other app services, they report that they're lucky if 10% of people who download the app actually create an account. 25% of our users buy music after accessing iTunes via mobile backstage apps. Our users are 57 times more likely to comment and 30 times more likely to post than on a Facebook page. Here I'm going to bring up the ever-capable Tom Greider, who's going to take you live on our latest signing, the soothing melodic tones of uh, Children of Bottom. Thank you, David. Hello, everyone. Um, I want to give you a quick overv uh, overview of how the whole thing works. So, as David already mentioned, Mobile Backstage lives everywhere your fans are. Starting with your website, this is the website of Children of Bottom. We've chosen that band not only because our friend David is a big metalhead, but also because, as the company, they come from Finland and are currently touring in the US with a big following here. So what you can see is always an individually branded platform, and Children of Bottom have integrated it here with an icon to go to Mobile Backstage, where it lives in their website. So it can be easily integrated as an iframe, and also lives on your Facebook artist page, where you can see um, Mobile Backstage in their, in their page, and you can browse the community. And it's basically a Google map where you can see all the activity and action going on. And every time somebody logs in, as our friend from fin Finland, Rami, at the moment, and you can see it indicated in the map and browse everything. When you mouse over, you can see where they logged in. And as we are in San Francisco, we want to see what's going on here. And here is the bottomist, our founder, Yussi, who is also online currently. And here is a post from Tom. I just made today, CUB Hate Crew, best fans in the world, Mobile Backstage presenting today. Thanks, for Brian, for, uh, thanks to Brian and his crew for bringing us up. And here are the comments from other guys like, good luck, and uh, seconding the motion. So basically, Mobile Backstage lives everywhere your fans are, uh, on your website and Facebook. And people can browse the whole community, can buy music from iTunes, can buy uh, tickets via Songkick, browse the next gigs upcoming, they can attend, and connect with other fans attending, and can connect with them and meet them for a drink before the gig. So what they also can do is for sure join, comment, connect, browse the whole community from there, and download the mobile applications, which are basically the heart of every mobile backstage platform. Uh, it's the most personal tool to communicate via mobile phones, so we offer it for Apple devices via iTunes Store, Android Market, and Nokia. So, um, thanks. We'll take some questions if that's cool. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Um, you don't have any questions? Uh, I know this. This looks like a great example of something to do for sort of a comprehensive communication experience for bands. Um, but I know that a lot of bands also, they, they want that, that's an important part of it, but they're also doing a lot of stuff around like individual promotions with sort of a, a more singular focus. Does your guys' uh, platform allow for things like that to be done within the, 
uh, within the apps. What types of promotions are you, you know, talking thing, about? Like things like, like specific content, like yeah, contests, uh, sort of miniature engagement apps and games, things like that. Can you guys host that within the experience? Uh, not not games, but certainly contests can work within the platform as it exists now. You know, we're going to be constantly adding on new features as the year goes on. But right now, I would say contests, yes, games, no. Yeah, I would, I would recommend looking into being able to support some sort of basic games because I think what happens is they, uh, as far as I've, I've heard a lot of artists, they want to set this up, but then to keep users engaged and coming back, uh, they, they need something new, something fresh uh, that they rotate through, and a lot of brands are doing this uh, on their social platforms as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Compelling games could be a, a very powerful solution to keep people coming back and engaged. And how much are you, are you guys charging, uh, like, and how much custom development work do you have to do? Like, is this a, re a really scalable thing for you guys? Or Yeah, it's not a self-service platform. Everything is customized, and uh, it does take, you know, a couple of days of our designers to do it. But we have a, a basic setup uh, package, and then there are monthly hosting charges. Cool. And if, if okay. All right, great. Well, thanks so much. It works Thank awesome. Thank you. It seems like there's a big battle developing between a lot of the sort of basic profile platforms with the fall of MySpace, you know, Root Music is coming in trying to set themselves up as that person, Mobile Backstage is working on that same thing for mobile, but I think that the, the person who's able to both give uh, musicians the comprehensive functionality of an app like Backstage uh, that can go across both the web and mobile and social, but then also be able to do more custom stuff so that they can keep users engaged and rotate through sort of a selection of, uh, of templated apps that's going to be the person who wins, and so I don't know. I don't know who that's going to be, but I would recommend if uh, if you work with a platform, thinking about trying to marry that sort of consistent, persistent experience with those sort of isolated moments of engagement. Great. So now we have Social Flow. Okay, great. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having us. Uh, social Flow, in essence, um, is a way to publish across your social accounts, uh, optimizing for maximum engagement, retweets, and clicks. In a nutshell, what Sociaflow really does is it publishes your content based on real-time data uh, and your follower base. So if you have a nice follower base, but you're basically tweeting out or putting posts on, what we do is we actually take a consortium of data sources. Uh, we have an exclusive relationship with Twitter's Firehose, with their full Firehose data, uh, Bitly, as, long, as well as other data sources to provide a data point that gives you an actual score ranking for your messaging. What this does is this allows you and people out there, we're actually not a new company, we've been around for a couple of years, and we're actually increasingly getting more into music, but it allows you to increase your follower bases organically. Uh, as we all know, it's not too hard to buy followers, buy fans, buy likes. Um, it's also not too hard to just publish on your own without any intelligence. Uh, behind it to guide you to get that connective tissue to those followers in real time, and that's what we provide. So brands and publishers out there, and increasingly, uh, we're working now with Sony Music, uh, we're working with uh, Moon Alice, a band, and um, any other bands out here that want to talk to me, um, we can connect about um, how we can help you. But what we do is essentially we take messaging and uh, we score it. We have a proprietary algorithm, it's machine learning based, 
Um, it's not sentiment analysis. Uh, the company does not believe in sentiment analysis because at best it's not very accurate. So we take content matching to another level and we analyze the behaviors of your followers and the behaviors of your publishing history. So the more you publish, the more we learn, the more the algorithm and the platform understands your publishing history and then allows you to actually just connect organically and create re uh, retweets and clicks on a much faster clip than is ordinarily possible without really understanding what's going on in real time. So it's a difference between publishing in a vacuum and publishing with actually a roadmap. I mean, there are millions of conversations going on at once. It's a lot of noise. Um, our partners at Facebook and Google is also a client and Twitter like us, um, not just because we're great guys, but partly because we reduce the noise that is the increasing adoption of social media. So what we do is we allow you to really get the maximum potential of the audience. So what this does is it just sends out the right message. So most artists have more potential messages than their audience would find interesting at any particular time. Uh, and I'll get into the demo, and this will all make more sense when I show you what it actually looks like in real time for a band that's using it with Interscope. So Sociable empowers the artists by using mathematical modeling and proprietary linguistic tech to select the best song or whatever content is loaded in the system to have it connect to people that are actually at that particular moment uh, more likely to connect to it and retweet it and evangelize that content for the artists that they've opted into and to their audience. So again, here, when you get a publisher, because at the end of the day, we're all sort of brands, you're a brand online. A publisher like The Economist um, had a ceiling of about 100,000 followers, and what's unique about that example is that that, that audience uh, is very engaged and was commenting, comments on all their articles hundreds of times, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really showing up in the social communities that The Economist had. So after about a year of working with us, um, and we worked with them, and we worked with partners as well on enterprise levels, they went from 100,000 followers to just over a million. And they were actually publishing less. So what we do is, we're not a, we don't want to take away community managers' jobs, but we want to make their lives easier. So now I'm just going to show you what it looks like. So here's a band. It's a girl's generation, it's an Interscope artist. Um, and what we do is, oops, sorry, hold on a second, okay. So here, you see the platform in action. So once you've authorized your account in the system, uh, the system applies an attention score from zero to 100 that basically tells you the higher the score, the higher the likelihood that it's actually gonna connect to the audience in real time. You see trending terms, you see an audience um, framework of whether they're new or returning, and you get real sort of analysis in real time. If you're composing a message, like let's say Grammys and Whitney, you notice that Whitney, Houston, you see the score is going up. So it's reading the activity in real time of what's going on so that your messaging um, is actually going to be optimized, that's essentially what we do. Let me just cancel out of here, because I don't want to publish, this is an actual account. And you can actually schedule your messaging, you can load all your content. So for a band like Moon Alice, we loaded all of their content actually into the system, feeds, songs, video, anything and anything that's related to the band, and it's all set up into a queue. So after 
some use of the platform, you're able to tell what's the best time to actually connect with that audience with that content. And I have two minutes left, so I should just go into questions. Um, yeah. In the meantime, how much funding do you guys have? Funding? Uh, we raised seven million. Hey, because I know that there's a, been a, you know, there's a lot of consolidation going on yep. in the publishing space right now. Yeah, people about two like, years ago we raised two, uh, seven million. Okay, yeah, because like Vtrue, Buddy Media, people like that are buying up companies. Uh, yeah, you guys, are you guys interested in, in something like that, or are you really well, trying to take this for the clients. long term? Well, a lot of them are clients. Like right. we plug into um, Engage121. One of the people you mentioned to those companies is an investor in a company. I won't say who. Um, so a lot of those publishing platforms are actually clients of ours because no one really does what we do. So they want to efficiently better their experience for their clients. So you guys are are you guys focusing more on the licensing of the technology? Yes. Or, or, okay. Yes, great. Exactly. Okay. That's very cool then. Yep. What's the minimum scale that um, you have, someone has to be before you could they could uh, use your technology? Um, generally, I would say there's no, there's no rule, but I mean, it's whatever data is there, you're, you're content matching. So if you have three followers, it's a waste of $99 a month because you're going to be basically trying to create content for three followers. But generally, if you have about 1,000, 3,000, 4,000 around there, then you have a good base to play around with that you'll be able to optimize for. And, and do you need to be installed on, on like your destinations so or wherever you're... you're no, it, it's hosted. Or? It's hosted. All you're doing is authorizing your accounts to the system. Uh, any more questions? Yep, for your followers, that's correct. Uh, we have products down on the roadmap where we're optimizing for um, clusters that are not in your follower base. So if you're a jazz musician and you want to market the heavy metal guys or heavy metal girls, then you can target to different groups. So get the optimization for different bases. So you'll be able to increase that group um, attraction. Oh, well, we actually generally enter into most agreements with a trial um, because you know we're new, but we're powerful and there's a lot of utility. But almost every conversation that we enter, unless you go to the website and sign up you know, on your own, um, it's generally we enter into like a, what we call a trial period for about six weeks. We work with them, with our strategists and our account teams to make sure that um, they get the most out of it in those six weeks. And those are generally for enterprise clients. Do you guys have any qualms with the idea that you're sort of mining what people are asking for and then just sort we of We don't keep anything. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, not mining in that sense. I mean, like, sort of like the demand media model where yep. essentially you're just figuring out what people want and yep. sort of shoveling it to them. You know, is that, does that reduce creativity? Does that lead people to just sort of follow trends? Um, I mean, go. I think I killed something. Um, but um, I don't think it reduces creativity. I mean, it's, um, I think it's, you're going to get uh, less noise, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's more about if you have a follower based and you're releasing a song, or you have a concert and you're just sort of deploying your messaging and you have 100,000 followers, you know, you're, you're better off um, getting to the ones that are actually going to go or the ones that are going like, to get excited about that messaging because they happen to be talking about that or they're going to content match to it and retweet. And free mar it's like free marketing for you. Now, obviously, we're not a free service, but we, the ROI on what we do is actually very tangible and very measurable and fairly immediate, actually. Awesome. I love the machine learning sort of big data cool. approach to this kind of stuff. So very impressive. And yeah, I, I hope you guys find more partners who are trying to do this. And I think there's tons more applications to this, especially with like things like rewarding, uh, rewarding someone's fan base and saying like, who are your most engaged yep. people? What do they want? And helping give that to them and creating sort of a reward system for publishers. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of things on the roadmap that um, echo what you just said. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Great, well thanks so much everyone to coming to the demo session of this uh, of today's SF Music Tech. And of course, thanks Josh, our moderator, um, Josh from TechCrunch. Thank you. Yeah.
<laughs> if you guys have any topics that you think deserve more music coverage on t uh, TechCrunch, come and talk to me afterwards. And you're welcome to hit me up on Twitter at, at Josh Constein. So, thanks a lot.